0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: His ninth, 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh, assists. No. Oh, oh a the my! Double time!
1: Miles Turner, yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, oh, oh no! With oh, no.
0: Right Don't hand.
1: let him throw it down like that.
0: Victor on the deep
1: Throws it back to Oladipo. Stevenson behind drives inside and the. foul! And a chance for a three-point play. He just had the <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast.
0: Welcome back to episode 10, the Jeff Foster episode of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Sitting next to me, as always, Eric Hawk, Jake Light. Guys, what's going on? Oh man, what a day.
1: Just what so many a day! What a day! We've been in here recording and you know just knocking out some interviews. It's been a great day. Can't complain. What it's been you? a long day. It's been a long day. It's I been mean, a long evening. We've done
3: we've done a couple interviews. We're
1: going on four a.m. right now, roughly. Yeah, a couple interviews.
3: You gotta
0: work it yeah. eight
3: a.m. Yeah, this is what you call the grind, people. Yep. If you want to be serious, you got to get contacts. you not in in your eyes. You got to get literal contacts. Yeah. Uh, that you can nice. get interviews with. I know that's. Only things you can hear on the Born Ready to Pod podcast. But yeah, you got to work, and we've been working nonstop tonight. couple interviews, big names, just making a name for ourselves.
1: So today we have on uh, Scott Agnes of Vigilant Sports and the Pacers podcast. He also does play by play announcing for IUPUI Women's Basketball. Uwe Jack Poo-y. of all trades. Yeah, Ooey Pooey. Great interview coming up, guys. Enjoy.
0: All right, as previously mentioned, we have a special guest here on the podcast today, uh, Pacers reporter and founder at Vigilant Sports. Uh, you can go check him out at VigilantSports.com. He's got his own podcast there and also does some play-by-play announcing. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Scott Agnes. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us. How's it going?
2: Hey, it's going really well. It's the offseason, but I think all of you know and anybody that covers the league, is there's really not too much of an offseason, maybe a little bit this upcoming month in August.
0: Yeah. Um, So kind of just mentioning uh, all those different job titles that we got for you. You wear several different hats, obviously covering the Pacers. You do some play-by-play, writing, podcasting, et cetera. cetera. So kind of a two-part question here. Uh, What major differences, if any, are there between writing about sports or talking about sports? And then the second part of that question, do you ever have any free time?
2: (laughs) As I sit on a beautiful... Evening, where I could be outside, I'm talking to you guys. This is life. This is what it's about. I, love it. I It's one thing. I mean, look, you could be talking about politics. You could be talking uh, healthcare. I don't know. We're talking sports. We're talking about a Pacers. We're talking about a team in Indianapolis. That's fun. Yeah, it can be uh, time consuming. It is certainly. I'm spending weeks on end, and you know, looking up things, making phone calls, those sorts of things. But. This is a fun gig talking yeah. to the Pacers and, and and reporting about them. As far as writing, reporting versus um, going on air, doing podcasts or whatever. For one, obviously, this is I think a little more conversational. I think it's a little more entertainment versus writing. I I tend to go more just towards the facts. What I know. This is what I heard. This is what he said. Whereas this, I can you know. I, On podcasts or on radio shows that I used to do, it was more playful, um, jokingly, and those sort of things, trying to keep someone's attention versus, I think a lot of days, our attention spans right for all of us. It's quite small. And so you try to get to the the heart of the article, move on, keep it moving. But I really enjoy both. More than anything, though, as you alluded to, I also do play-by-play. That is where my true passion is. I love writing. I love reporting. And a lot of that is because it involves others. And so you're communicating with them. You're talking with them. You're learning things you don't know and then trying to share that with others, but play by play and being on air. That's, that's what I enjoy the most of all of it.
1: Awesome. Uh, your resume sort of speaks for itself with all these things that you've been able to accomplish at such a young age. But I think the most impressive thing that stands out is that you were actually a Pacers ball boy for seven seasons. Can you tell us a little more about that, about that time? Yes. And uh, who yeah, was your favorite players it. and who was your favorite players to rebound for? <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, let's first get get into how I got into all of that, and it came on the women's side with the Indiana Fever. Yeah. So I was with them for ten years, um, wow. and my I have three older sisters. One of them was big into basketball, won a state championship. North Central, the same high school as Eric Gordon, who I called games um, about right during mm-hmm. high school days, which is a lot of fun, and, and that's why I have a good relationship w- with him. But she couldn't. She had an AU game, an AU event. Couldn't couldn't attend a game. Needed to find a sub. They were all busy. And so I ended up filling in for her. Liked it. Finished the season. Two years in, I, and I got really close with Tamika over the years. Tamika Catchings. Yeah. One of the best players of all time. Oh, yeah, for I sure. rebound for her, and I was basically known as her ball boy, whereas Donnie Strack was known as Reggie's ball boy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and, and so in all of this, two years in, I was talking with her, and she was like, why don't you go and do this for the Pacers during the season? Was, I was like, you know what? it's the same kind of thing. It's just a little more intense. Certainly there's a lot more games and it is during the school year, whereas of course the WNBA and the fevers Mm -hmm. during the off season, the summer, when you have a little more time on your hands. So I went over there, interviewed Josh Corbeil, still there, the head athletic trainer, physical therapist for the Pacers. He was the one um, who was primarily in charge of that. Those responsibilities have now gone to country as we know him. It's Josh Condor, the equipment man. I love the
3: nickname, Country.
2: (laughs) Yep, country, and it's exactly for why you think it is. (laughs) Loves hunting, being in wilderness, drinking beer. Yep, he he is all country, and we we love him for him. So I did that for, yeah, I think it was seven years. It sounds about right, and quit my final year um, after graduating college and then moved right into a role um, with Pacers.com, actually, for a couple of years, yeah, um, awesome. documenting everything with them. And I got that job because I knew the the one in hiring and I knew the, that the job became available because of a fellow intern at the time. So that was that was all about networking, knowing the right people um, for that situation. I have my go to answers for the other uh, questions that you have, because I get asked this a lot. Okay. Favorite player, Shaq and Dwight Howard,
1: okay. because they
2: were the most playful, fun individuals, and they took care of us. And when I mean take care of us, yes, I mean with money, with tips. And so that's where we got money. The other – the wild card that no one would ever bring up was Jameer Nelson. He was outstanding and one of my favorites to deal with over the years. Now he follows me on Twitter, so I'm good with that.
0: Wow. I guess I never realized that ball boys got tips.
2: That's where they make the primary the most of their money. Right. So the, so the, the guys starting out, you're, you're mainly just rebounding. So you're not going to get a tip. You're not going to earn it. But then several years in, if you continue on, if you work more games and you show yourself to be very good and responsible, you move into these different roles and I make them fancier titles. You could just say, you know, visitors, locker room, I say locker room attendant for the visitors locker room. So me and one other individual, each game would literally do anything that the visitors team needs. So this might entail alcohol, yes. It might entail getting girls' numbers. It might entail just getting them food. And that was the biggest thing. It was mostly food. You would go get them chicken tenders, cheeseburgers. You would laugh, at least as of five years ago especially, what the majority of these guys ate (laughs) before games. Now it's changed a lot, especially for the home team. Like the Pacers have their own chefs that come in, and now with the renovated locker room that they did a couple of years ago, they have their own food there's a salad bar good meats chicken all that but especially for visiting team they're ordering chicken tenders and cheeseburgers and salads <laughs> wow. and it's almost laughable what some of them are eating
1: yeah is there any other crazy stories you got from uh, being a locker room attendant the craziest like story getting yeah. some numbers for some chicks or you know <laughs> going to get some big Macs at 3am anything
2: <laughs> there was one game so before games, let's say it's a 7 p.m. start like they mostly yeah. all are. There was one game where, as I usually would get there at about 4 o'clock, three hours ahead of time. And that was standard, and I'd probably get there usually a little earlier. One game, I didn't even show up till about 6.30. That's because my partner kept sending me orders to go get stuff. <laughs> so this – all these orders included two strips to the liquor store, and then if you know the downtown area in Circle Center, oh yeah. there's there's a cluster of good spots. So I went to Circle Center Mall, got Chick-fil-A, got Subway, which is right there. Went downstairs, there's Panera Bread. That was Jameer Nelson. It always is. I have his order memorized, chicken tuna sandwich, chicken noodle soup, and then he wanted to shake it, steak and shake. So then I went all the way over to steak and shake. And so it was about 630 um, by the time I got back to the arena, I missed a ton of stuff, and that was our biggest night uh, where we made money, which is split between the two of us in that locker room, where we're making tips on all these orders, and that's that's the best, the best part of, for my financial gain. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not at all why you do the job, but as a college student, I was dry- commuting back and forth from Bloomington, back and forth every single game, Jeez. it was helpful, and yeah. it helped pay for some bar tabs, right?
1: There yeah, that's the most important thing right there.
3: <laughs> well, you launched VigilantSports.com back in 2010, and, and since then, you've started your own podcast called The Pacer Podcast on the site, which which that's a great name, obviously. Um, but you have over 80 episodes, all right, and you've interviewed some very interesting people, so what made you want to start your own podcast, specifically focusing on the Pacers? Because you just said you've you've got some ties to some other NBA guys, obviously being a ball boy and doing that stuff. So what made you want to focus on the Pacers?
2: Well, for me, that was pretty straightforward. If there's anything Pacers going on, I'm basically there. So I, I'm pretty much on that beat full time. I was in Vegas for a week covering them um, by on my own dime, all that sort of thing where it pays off. Um, I do make some money on the site and everything, but with the podcast and other endorsements and then other ways to make money, um, why I started the podcast was simply just because I was there. I was already writing about it. Now let's turn that into a conversation, and I've become huge on podcasts over the last couple of years. I'm one of those, like Rachel Nichols, that listens at two times speed, so if we're doing an hour podcast – I'm knocking that out in 30 minutes. While I was making dinner tonight, while I was before this interview, I have my AirPods in and I'm looking, listening to podcasts. I'm not a sports talk radio guy anymore. I don't turn that on really. I do appear on shows, but it's a slow format and it's all over the place. I like specific. So, and I'm not just sports or NBA, although that's probably what the majority of mine are.
3: Yeah, I have right. some
2: finance. I, I, there's what, what we really like as reporters now is many players coming out. Um, and just this two day, I guess it was yesterday, Danny Green launching his own podcast and JJ Reddick launched his own podcast, Pat McAfee, CJ McCollum. I love that. Yeah, um, yeah. But just in short, I love podcasts, love the medium. And like I've done the last, last five or 10 minutes with my ball boy experience. I want to take people behind the scenes and share things that maybe I wouldn't write about or maybe it'd be more interesting to hear about rather than read about. So
0: what you're telling us is you're definitely going to listen to Born Ready to Podcast or Born Ready to Pod from now on. It's going to be one of your go-to plays.
2: As long as it's on two times speed on Apple Podcasts, I'm good.
1: It's
0: there. I hate, are.
2: There's a few podcasts that launched and they're like only on Google. I'm like, what are you doing? No, no. Yeah. not listening. We're on to all
1: those. forms. We're even on SoundCloud if you, get, <laughs> if you get interested.
2: You have to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Apple Podcasts the way to go. The yeah. trouble is Apple screwed up the app a couple of years ago, so it's way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah, and I definitely. wish you'd be able to tune it up a little faster and go quicker than two times speed i'm 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 up to that rate
1: you're a machine is what i'm hearing <laughs>
2: yeah there's just so much info and quality content out there that i want to consume it much of it i enjoy but a lot of it too i just listen to make sure i'm in the know and i know what's going on beyond the pacers
3: absolutely right. makes a lot of sense who, who's the most interesting interview you've had on the podcast like who what one sticks out the most hmm
2: I'll go with Jimmy Powell. It's a name you guys probably have never heard of. It's a unique story. It's different. This guy travels over 200 days per year for the Pacers as their advanced scout. And what that means is you know how every team basically knows everyone's play calls? It's because of a guy like Jimmy Powell. He's an older guy. He's been doing this dozens of years. And he's traveling around to arenas. And in short, what he'll do is about two games ahead of time. He'll watch that team write down all their play calls and their tendencies and then send that to the assistant coach who has those those responsibilities um, to game plan and get the scouting report up so they can be prepared for that for the team-wise because they constantly have to go through all these players, right?
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Powell, he's typically courtside at all these games, so if the Pacers if it's a Monday, Pacers play the Cavs on Friday, he might be in Cleveland or wherever Cleveland is playing okay. in order to get the scouting report out at them, and anyway, we talked travel, we talked why he got into this he's still in it, because it seems like one of those jobs maybe you'd start in but yeah. graduate from, because of the the wear and tear and the travel, but he just loves it, you can tell there's guys that just like love the game, love what they're doing, and he's one of them
0: yeah, so uh Recently, you did an interview with uh, Lance Stevenson about his most recent stint with the Pacers that obviously uh, came to a very shocking end here at the beginning of the offseason. I think my biggest takeaway was uh, how he was surprised about, you know, he didn't expect to be a free agent this upcoming offseason. So from your conversation with him, do you think that, you know, he had any prior knowledge like ahead of that team option deadline uh, that there was a chance he might be a free agent or do you think he was just completely on the spot? you know, later in the, later in June that he just found out at that time. Cause I kind of feel like he might've gotten a heads up sooner than that. I feel like he kind of earned that. That's just kind of my opinion. But how did, what was your takeaway when you talked with him about that?
2: So that was a cool experience. He was out in Las Vegas too. He had not attended summer league yet. So I wasn't quite aware yet that he was in town. He works if those don't, those that don't know most of the time he's in Indianapolis, for his off season, those—that's where he's benefited the most. I think the off seasons of 2012 and 13, he spent his off seasons primarily, of course, here in Indy, and that's where we saw him take a leap in his game. And I can tell you guys this: he just returned from Vegas this week, um, from Vegas, and is working out with Rob Blackwell um, at the Incrediplex, and is working out there locally every single day. Now he's wearing Lakers gear instead of yeah, Pacers it's gear. Weird to see that, but he's back in town and really focused, trying to head into. His new stint with the Lakers on the right note, it's his seventh team in five years. He's well aware of that. And the biggest thing on his mind is trying to find a stable situation where he can kind of move in. He got a house in Zionsville, and now that's going to become an off-season house if he sticks with it, which he hadn't decided on. Anyways, I was in Vegas, was texting, and he said, hey, I'm shooting, come on over. So we, we were talking at UNLV's Mindenhall Center, which if you're watching TV, it's where USA Basketball uh, Minicamp camp will be going on a two court gymnasium. He was getting a workout in, his dad was there, his agent was actually there. So I watched him work out for about an hour. Then we talked, I don't know, for 15, 20 minutes. And I respected it. For one, he had no business, he, he had no need necessarily to talk with me. He didn't know it to me. Yeah. But I started out, I was like, look man, these, I, I've never, in my time covering this team and being around it, I, I have not heard the type of feedback from its fans when a player has left, been dumped, been waived, been traded, like it, like I have for you, like if I'm getting 30 responses on Twitter and email, 28 is just pissed off yeah. that you're gone. What do you make of this? And then we, and then I was like, hold on, stop what you're saying. Do you mind if I record this? Let's interview. You're saying too good of stuff, and I think fans would appreciate it. No one really does those uh, go the thank you letters in the newspaper anymore, sadly, because newspapers are dying, and that's not where you reach the most people. Is You could just on his, what, 400,000-plus followers on Instagram. So we got into it. I would agree he was – that was a little bit surprising, but he he was thrown off. He said he fully expected his option to be picked up and to return to the Pacers. Like I said, he was working out here. He was working out at the Pacers facility too every day with the trainer. I found out that when – about 30 minutes before – let me get this right. So he left Pacers' facility 30 minutes um, before news leaked out that the team had declined their option. Jeez. And to, to also indicate how how uh, important to get ahead of the story or, or to comment on the story. How about Kevin Pritchard coming out and releasing a statement? Yeah, They didn't do that when you're making a quick trade or when you're waving another guy or Damian Wilkins gets waved. You're not releasing a statement about their impact with the team. That's how I know the Pacers and Kevin Pritchard uh, were well aware of the impact and how fans um, thought about it. Last thing I know I, I'm too much in my radio gear where I could go on for hours here. Oh, no big deal. Your microphone. <laughs>
0: You're giving us some but interesting info. Go ahead.
2: The, the two things that interests me most, I think in that conversation is how is he preparing to play with George, uh, with LeBron James? And I brought up, are you calling people? Are you calling George Hill who he has a relationship yeah, with I a teammate spent the last year in Cleveland? And it was a very mature answer, guys. He was like, you know what? No, I want to go into this season with a fresh mindset. I want to arrive there, meet LeBron, have a cordial relationship with him, and form my own opinion. And we're all sitting there like, wait, what? Huh? Thoughtful. I I like it. Well done. I I mean, that makes all kinds of sense. Um, Rather than assume what what media says or what teammates say, because everybody has their own angle to everything. I, I respect what Lance is doing there. Now, he doesn't have his number yet. That a little bit surprised me because I figured once you joined LeBron's team, he reached out immediately. Yeah. Um, and so I think those two things, more than anything, stuck out to me during our conversation.
1: Um, do you think Lance is set up for better success now after leaving the Pacers for a second time? Or do you think it'll be like a similar thing to when he left the first time where he might struggle a little bit here and there? You might see a dip in his numbers and production overall. Do you think it maybe it's something to do with the coach knowing how to use them? How do you, how do you see that playing out in L.A.?
2: To that last point, remember who's out in LA and on that coaching staff. B-Shaw. Yeah. yeah. Brian Shaw knows how to motivate Lance and Paul maybe better than anyone I've seen at least during their time in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah.
2: Can't speak to when they moved on, but Brian Shaw was perfect for Lance, for Paul, for George Hill. Those guys would play around the world where you're shooting a bat or shooting a shot from about five spots on the floor, you have to make to move on, etc. Basketball guys know that game. And they would play that with B-Shaw. After the majority of practices, and you could just tell they got they got along so well, and now I'm so disappointed in Lakers PR because the one visit the Lakers made to Banker's life last year, I, I requested Brian Shaw. I actually started to talk with him, and as that gone went on, PR was listening. We're like, oh, you're asking about Lance. No, 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 don't ask about other players. And I get it for that circumstance because remember that's when the second tampering
1: yeah. charge yeah. had
2: just come out. Right. That fine. So I get them wanting to protect that, but I'm like, look, this guy was around Lance from the beginning. He knows what makes him tick. He would know about this guy's progress and why he has been successful here. That's my only angle. And, but they they didn't want to do Shut that. But how interesting would that conversation be to look back at now? <laughs> yeah, that'd be huge.
3: So, like, moving more into the Pacers additions, it's obviously been a while here since since most of the moves went down. What are your overall thoughts on what they've done so far? Do you like their offseason? Um, I know, obviously, you've talked about it on, on your podcast, but uh, what do you really think when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it? Do you like what, what they did or not? Yeah, I think it's a solid step
2: forward for this team. Look, they're not a, a team that's going to compete for a championship. I think we can all admit that. There's exactly. very few <laughs> teams. I mean, I'm not ready to give Golden up the State. dream just yet. <laughs> there's Golden State in its own tier. Yeah. yeah. Then I probably put Houston and Boston in that next tier, and then I can't really evaluate toronto until we see with our own eyes Kawhi out on the floor yeah um, but i think what the pacers did was look at their bench and yeah it's a tiring conversation for myself and probably everyone else yeah but it appears that bench has been upgraded we'll yeah. see because i think we've written about this each of the last four or five years oh, and yeah. every year <laughs> it's not necessarily the case but if you can add tyreek evans as a dominant score off the bench he can w- handle the workload there if mcdermott can provide some shooting that this team has craved over the last several years. Absolutely. They just haven't had a ton of great shooters. Despite Bogdanovich having a good year, DC nearly being a 50-40-90 type guy, yeah. so close to that. Victor improving his three point yeah. percent other guys as well. They needed just a pure shooter that would not only be a threat but could knock down big shots. It was something they needed back in Paul George's era, right? Yeah, for years. When they needed a big oh. shot, you never – really look to Paul George necessarily it wasn't an indictment on him it's just you needed that cold-blooded shooter and so I think you you perhaps get that and then more than anything they fill the the Albert Jefferson Damian Wilkins leadership type role with Kyle O'Quinn who I think in times can contribute out on the floor it seems yeah,
0: like I do that's one of the signings that was my favorite because I feel like with Turner and Savonis especially at some point it's fair to say one of those guys will get hurt here for a stretch and he's a guy who can easily come in and i mean he can get you 10 rebounds off the bench and he just plays tough and like you said the leadership aspect i think is going to be huge for them
2: no question they needed they needed to improve that bench and i I even like alizé johnson who they gave an nba contract to Absolutely, yeah. kevin pritchard he's not a guy that they necessarily expect to contribute this year and it does make sense i mean he was like look if you need your second round pick in his rookie campaign to contribute, we have bigger things to talk about than
3: his role on the team. Right. What well, what what player that we've added to this roster, what player would you be most interested in having an interview with?
2: I would say Tyreek automatically, although in watching his press conference, did not seem like a talkative guy. No. It didn't seem like that would be a fun conversation. It would seem like I would uh, it would be almost like an OG and an OB where I asked seven questions in a minute and two <laughs> right. and finally said, all right, there's no story here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for my Raptors media friends who have now Kawhi joining OG, oh, yeah. <laughs> most similar type players on and off the court, right. at least by by our appearances, right?
3: right. I like I, – I think – if I had to choose somebody, I think I'd take Kylo Quinn just because he yeah. has to have some great stories about his time in New York. Like <laughs> the the things happening in that locker room. I mean, goodness gracious, there's there's got to be some things that he could contribute that would be super interesting.
2: Yeah, he's a been there type type of guy. Been there, done that. Uh, he also played while in New York alongside Carmelo, so that would be interesting. I think I'm curious about what kind of teammate and, and how fellow teammates think of Carmelo. Because most of us just hold a high regard for Carmelo, right, for Olympic Melo. Yes. But he just really hadn't done much in the league outside of being a good scorer. So right. I would be curious about his perspective on that. And then I would want to get back to his Orlando days. Oh, Remember, yeah. he was drafted there in 2012. Yeah. A year later, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Let's, let's get some Victor stories. And
3: why is Orlando so screwed up right now? Yeah.
2: I think that would be an interesting – uh, Storyline as well. Yeah, yeah,
3: Phil Jackson. Some Phil Jackson quotes or something. You know, I mean, he. I mean, Phil Jackson. I think Phil Jackson was the one that brought OQuinn in originally. Is isn't that correct? That's
2: assuming he was around the team, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: There you go. But I mean, surely the players have to have something on Phil Jackson because it just seemed like his whole tenure there it was just like, is this dude, like you just said, is this dude even around? Did they even know? You know, did Phil Jackson care enough to be around? Period to evaluate the team. I just think that would be some fascinating questions that. And yeah, he's old James enough now where he's been
2: through some blank and yeah. so that would be interesting too. The moving aspect, getting traded, if you know, those sorts of things, leaving Orlando. He's been on multiple teams. What's it like big city in New York versus now Orlando and then what he's experienced in Indiana? I get fascinated with a lot of stuff maybe some don't care about, like shoe deals, like moving, like how you take care of family or not. Yeah. Those sorts of th- I think those would all be fascinating with him. He's also a huge guy, 6'10". What's it like being that tall? I could could have 20 questions about that.
0: Yeah, we just interviewed Isaac Haas, so that was one of the questions (laughs) we wanted to ask him, being 7'2", and a size 22-foot size. I mean,
2: Oh, that brings back to another ball boy story. Yes, yes. I love it. it. (laughs) So before a game, I I think it was with Miami because his shoe's black and red. There's a Shaq shoe on the floor. I'm like, this has got to be hilarious. So I went over there, took off my shoe, and mind you, I was an idiot way back when in high school and thought you should grow into your shoes and clothes. So I was wearing a size 13 shoe that I probably (laughs) got from a player. I'm not a size 13. right? And he wears – I forget. I think it's 22. I forget off the top yeah, of my head. It, anyway, I compared the two, took a picture. That's one of my favorite pictures, even though now in today's technology, that picture looks terrible, <laughs> terribly outdated. I think it was with my LG Envy phone way back in the day. Yeah,
0: Isaac told us he has to – what was it? He goes to the place Shaq goes to yeah, in, in Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta for yeah. shoes because they. he said they both wear the same shoe size. So that was interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean Nike's not going to produce size 22 shoes. There's not a ton of demand for that. And if I remember right, the Shaq shoe was not even a name brand. No. So that probably was made in China, specially customized for him, which is
0: hilarious. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of touched on there about the Pacers offseason. Obviously, they didn't make that big of a splash. But the moves they made, I think, will obviously improve them going forward into this season. Um, the other big thing that I think that really helped is they didn't tie themselves up financially for years to come. So they didn't go out... And a lot of these rumors with the restricted guys, you had Marcus Smart, Aaron Gordon. I mean, there was a lot of rumors out there about them chasing one of those guys. They didn't go out and spend big for for those types of players. So I think that they've made some good moves, haven't tied themselves up financially. So do you think that this is kind of an approach that they'll use going forward? Obviously, at some point, they're going to have to pay Turner, Sabonis, Turner and Sabonis, or or pick one or pick both. Uh, They're going to have to pay both of those guys if they want to keep them. Um, do you think that patience is what they're going to keep do keep going forward into these off-seasons, trying to get these decent contracts like they have the past couple of years? Or do you think maybe like with 2019 coming up, a better free agent class, do you think that they go after one of those guys?
2: Well, first of all, you guys seem plugged in and that you really pay attention to this team. Let me ask you yes. this. I have How a Pacers time, tattoo. Generally? Generally.
0: <laughs> What's that? I have a Pacers tattoo, so yeah, we're big fans.
2: <laughs> you yeah. Really? We're, 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 we're all did, in. Uh, what was the deal? Wasn't someone offering to pay for tattoos if they got it? Was it George Hill? Or maybe he did that with one thing. I don't fan. know.
0: I was stupid enough. I went and paid $100. <laughs> I think I was trying to impress. I wasn't dating my yeah. wife at this point. I was trying to go get a tattoo, and I just randomly said if I – there's something I will never not love. It's going to be the Pacers. <laughs> oh, so I went out got a Pacers tattoo, spent 100 bucks, and – And it I, looks great. Yeah, it looks great. It needs to be touched up, but my wife still makes well, money yeah. for it, so – to that point, I think what it
2: was was maybe someone said they'd get a G2 zone tattoo and George Hill paid for it. I oh. think was the story in that. My, my original question, though, and all that, how many times do you often see rumor deals or anything speculated about the Pacers actually come to fruition? Not very often. Never. Right? And then, very, and very then the limited.
0: times that – I mean you didn't yeah. hear anything about Kyle Keep or that Quinn. in mind. Yeah.
1: Well, now we're getting Jimmy Butler news. So I'm hoping <laughs> that will be, be the first one that actually worked. Even though I just his locker room presence in general is in question, but you know that would still he'd be a player I'd want to see in a Pacers uniform.
2: That's one thing I try to caution Pacer fans is there's very few times where it's rumored you know Pacers are working on a deal with X or they're seriously interested. Now some of those are true at that moment. Yeah. Things change, circumstances. I think they would have looked into Aaron Gordon, for example, if Thad Young had opted uh, out and they had money. Which go back to our Lance story. That's why they declined the option. Yeah. I said all along there's no way the Pacers wouldn't pick up the option. Well, with those circumstances, I, I understand why they didn't. And, yes, I'm still surprised that they um, did not um, get him to come back, although ultimately it came down to he wanted to go play in, with Hollywood and LeBron. Yeah, uh, Let's bring it back now to that original question with this offseason. I, I think this is not necessarily an indication of what's to come. Like this is not necessarily the style of Kevin Pritchard. I think this is what they – read to be the correct move, the correct t- type of decisions in this situation. Yeah, They had some flexibility this offseason. There weren't a ton of likable or ne- necessary guys to add to this roster. And the way this Pacers roster is made up is really to make one more run with this group and then look at all the free money available as far as those guys coming off the books. I know they're going to probably do something with Miles and Domas. It's just a matter of the formality. But at this very moment, Only three guys are on the roster for next season. They're only locked up with three guys. That's it, which gives them all kinds of um, financial flexibility and everything. Now it's also a little bit of a risk right? because you may have to pay too many people, and then you really have to decide who you want to pay and how much you're willing to give them. I like this move for this season. Right now I think I, I saw after looking at the charts and spreadsheets that they have the second most available money. Next mm-hmm. off season, that should be a good thing, although you don't want too much because Pacers aren't going to necessarily get all they want, and you're not necessarily going to want to spend all of that. Yeah. So they, they maintain that flexibility moving forward, and they'll be able surely to keep several of their own, those hot prospects that they want to continue on with. But a guy like Collison, he's over 30. Bogdanovich is getting up there. Guys like that that may be looking for their last big, big contract you're likely not going to retain a big money for.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I factor in when judging the offseason is how future success we set up for. We could be in a bad situation like the nets or let's say some other teams that have been in bad situations these past couple of years, but the future definitely looks bright with the cap room and the three players on the roster. Of what, as what you said.
2: Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for what they did. I think it's enough to be relevant, interesting and be really good. Quite frankly, they're yeah. going to, surely make the playoffs again. They'll have another winning record at home, those sorts of things. But at this point, I, I I don't expect them to contend with a healthy Boston roster. Like that group looks fat, looks incredible. And it's a group I'd love to see play Golden State in the finals. That yeah. would be, that would be a lot of fun.
1: So is that your pick for the East? Cause the next question here is <laughs> now that LeBron has left, who's your pick, <laughs> your pick for the East or who do you see contending? I think the Pacers can do it. I, I think back to that game when we played them at Baker's life and, uh, Bojan threw that inbounds pass to Terry Rozier, and he runs <laughs> down our and scores. Broke our hearts. That so was our only game we lost in, within three points, I believe. And I, I think we can compete with that team, I really do. I know we haven't seen them at full strength, and their young guys just keep getting better. They're going to be tough, no doubt, but I, I, I personally don't think they're unbeatable.
2: I don't think I, – I'm I not one of superlatives, so I don't think anyone's unbeatable. Yeah. I'm also not a believer in must-win games. For, uh, I'm sure you guys know about that. Yes. I, I think Boston, though, is in its own class. Yeah. I, I really do. I think it's Boston. Then there's probably the next tier uh, of Toronto with the Pacers, with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'm not high on Mil- Milwaukee. I remember doing a, a email interview with an individual last year. And one of the questions was, who do you think is the most overrated going into the season? And I, I was dead on on that one. Not I'm not a fan of Milwaukee. Even though some of they have talented players, I just don't like the the composition. I think yeah, of that right, group. Yeah. I
1: don't like Washington's. There,
2: really. Yeah, and Washington seems like a bunch of misfits. Miami seems like they will be big players yeah. this upcoming off season, but not yet. Yeah. So I feel like that you know there's that tier of three or four teams right below Boston. Yeah,
3: I agree. So can I tie you down to that prediction that you just made that Boston will come out <laughs> of the East? Can I tie you down to that prediction? No, I don't do predictions. You guys know that. Well, that was a
2: conversation. Right. That was just a conversation about how I feel right now as we record this.
3: Right. So which brings us we're starting to get kind of to the the fun section here. So um we know you that haven't been
2: having fun this entire time well
3: i mean i've been having a blast i, I, was, <laughs> I gonna was gonna say, say our li- our, i don't know
2: about him but uh, i have. well
3: our listeners know that towards the end we start asking sort of the questions that kind of get guys going a little bit so you just referenced it you don't like to make predictions so we live in this hot take world i think we can all agree in that, on that people are just saying outlandish things just to get on the news that happens on a daily basis but with that being said would you be interested we would like to have you on for a weekly segment where you get to make one crazy prediction, and we would like to call it Agnes Domus. Would you be interested in that?
2: (laughs) Is there sponsorship money available? Then maybe.
3: Not yet. (laughs) Potentially.
2: (laughs) Potentially. If you bring on a sponsorship segment, then I'm interested. Otherwise, I hate predictions. I loathe them. So absolutely
3: not. Well, but listen, you got the nickname Agnes Domus after Nostradamus. So, I mean – it, does that sell you at all? Agnes Domus. You can keep that nickname if you want it.
2: No, I'd much rather <laughs> wake up two hours early or something ridiculous. No, I have no interest in that.
0: <laughs> all right, our next silly question here. We were, One time we were watching a Periscope, and you probably don't remember this, but for some reason we remembered it. We were watching you doing a know. Periscope Locked video at home, <laughs> and uh, you were making dinner for yourself. And you referenced that you had a pizza in the oven. You had to go go get it out of the oven. You probably think we're creepy for even living. But anyway, are you a frozen pizza guy? And if so, what's your frozen pizza of choice?
2: So I love pizza. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind. No frozen is typically done for convenience and and readiness, right? It's always around. You don't have to go get it. I don't do a delivery. So I just get the basic. I think it's Jack's, right? Sometimes okay. Tombstone, okay. but oh, I think okay. it's Jack's and yeah, um, I'm a Papa John's guy for for uh, your average chain pizza. That's my favorite of all of those. But if I'm, I'm doing it in house, yeah, it was probably Jack's in the oven, and it was probably the bacon cheeseburger.
1: I love it. So we're gonna get headlines here. We're just gonna post this and put you know, you know Scott Agnes, huge supporter of everything Papa John's this stands for.
2: <laughs> I love the pizza. That's the other <laughs> yeah, thing I separate. There's the company, and there's the pizza. Right, I'm so, good with the pizza. <laughs> we all love pizza. Do here, we not? Fifty percent right. off.
0: Oh, yeah, we all. Like the, no, we're all in on Papa John's. Pacers, 90s, Pacers the best ninety. Pacers promo code out
2: there. And <laughs> <laughs> for anyone that knows me, and is listen. I'm 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 good with money. I don't say frugal. I don't say cheap. I'm good with money and or efficient. And, and so yeah, I know the IU code. The Colts. <laughs> I, I think when they win, Colts win is the code, and yeah. so I'm all for. That's my primary reason to see these teams succeed. I don't really root like for teams much anymore, <laughs> but that's why I want teams to succeed well, or IU is... to score 100 points or IU 90. I think is what it is. Yeah, that's why we need. I think it, the so last couple years pizza.
0: for the Colts, they've had to change it to any time there's been a Colts game because obviously there hasn't been a ton of wins. Well, they have the sack for
1: the Big Mac. I know. I know you've taken the, taken a part of that many times.
0: I have not. I'm not a McDonald's guy okay. outside
2: breakfast. All right, we well, respect.
1: All right, so Vigilant Sports, you're running a website. We, we're three guys that aren't getting paid to do this right now. What are you looking for in employees, and if you're looking for employees at all? And I think we could fit the bill. we can got of be morphed into anything.
2: <laughs> I'm looking for thoroughness. Yep. I'm looking for self-starters. Yep. I'm looking for guys that don't need a ton of edits. I'm looking for... Hmm. Guys that aren't willing to take a paycheck right now.
1: Yeah, we're not getting paid. That's,
2: that's about equal right now,
3: right? Yeah, so um. we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this was, was our interview, I think. And What's say, that? I said, this is kind of our interview, and I think we've been pretty thorough. Yeah, I would agree. And we haven't I, had I any respect edits. respect
2: the research, I will say that. I've been on tons of radio stations, and most of the time, it's just like five questions I can predict. You guys are on top of it and make it more interesting than your standard. What do you think about this? Tell me about that. Talk about this.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Agnes Domas strikes again, am I right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I'm gonna get a tweet once a week asking for my production <laughs> prediction even if I don't come on. This podcast once a week See, forward. you
3: already know us so well. This is going to be a great relationship. <laughs> Wait, Scott.
0: now's the time before we let you go, Scott. Now's the time we have to put him on the spot.
3: <laughs> okay, so Scott, I was the one uh, who slid in the DMs, per se, and I slid in with a, I started off by s- saying Mr. Agnes. Um, I was trying to <laughs> okay. be very proper. Um, I was trying to, you know, just to be very businesslike, very but thorough. very thorough, as, as you might say. And, uh, but I started off with Mr. Agnes, you are one year older than we are, so you are older than me, so I don't feel, you know, too terrible about it, but when you initially read this, were you like, yeah, I don't know about this, like, what was your feeling on the, uh, Mr. Agnes start to the DM?
2: I saw that, and I get that often, especially more so in emails, where you don't see a guy's face, right, like on yeah. Twitter. So I'll get that in emails a lot. And I'm like, huh, eh, all right. That's probably, maybe that's the, that's a formal, proper way to introduce a stranger. So I respect that, I guess. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean,
2: but. I didn't take offense to it because if I, if I didn't know someone and I didn't see them, I'm not going to say, hey, Jim, I'll probably say, hey, Mr. Smith, rather than Jim, just out of formality's sake.
3: Yeah. Well, when you, when you came back to me though, you just were like, uh, you literally said, hi there. I'd be glad (laughs) to. Like it was like, it was almost like, dude, you, you don't have to call me Mr. Agnes. So then I immediately was like, damn it. But I didn't know what to do. But I'm glad you didn't take it too, too roughly there.
2: No, you handled it well. And Twitter and those type of mediums are forums, right, where they're interactive. It's, I don't, Hi there, Mr. Born Ready 2 Pod. Thanks for inviting me on. I appreciate that thought. I look forward, you know, like I don't need a formal response either. Let's just have a conversation. That's what I love about the podcast form. They get to know you a little bit better. Get to know me a little bit better and and, and have a good time with it. Roughly, right. they're listening at two times speed and <laughs> killing some of their time, whether it's a run, whether it's a workout, or work sucks. And so this yeah. makes their day a little bit brighter.
3: 20, 25 five-star ratings already for us on the podcast. So we got some listeners. So I'm I, maybe they will take that advice. But um, How many of
2: those did you pay for, though?
3: We didn't pay, we didn't for, pay any. for any. If you, if you some price. families, there's some families. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, I'm i I'm a teacher. I can't. I'm a teacher still paying back student loans, so I don't have a lot of money to go around, especially not for five star reviews on on <laughs> iTunes. I can assure you. Um, but
2: right, let me let me turn the tables and oh, ask you this, because oh this God. is something I'm curious oh, about from a, a fan standpoint. Oh no, how oh, much, no. if at all, do you care about Summer League? And oh. what most interests you about Summer League? Is it newcomers? Is it storylines? Is it this guy can or cannot
3: play. Let me just let me just say this: I lived and I died with each TJ Leaf jump shot. If that tells you anything <laughs> about how seriously we take summer league, but
2: and by jump shot you mean floater with one hand, yeah. a floater
3: with one hand or wide open three that points yeah it. hit the front side of the rim. I think like eight shots in a row, but yeah, I, I mean I think I just look at the young guys, especially the guys we can kind of project to possibly give us something in the future. Um, storylines are great, but really with the Pacers, there's not a ton of storylines anyway. I mean, I pretty much only focus on the Pacers in summer league. I don't want to speak for these guys, but definitely the players like Holiday. I like Edmund Sumner, too. I mean, just those guys that we've drafted and we feel like can play down the stretch, I think that that's kind of what I tend to kind of focus on most. What Me, about personally,
0: you? I spend a couple minutes probably watching, and that's just when it's on ESPN. I'm more of a box score guy in summer league. I just – I mean – if they score 20, 25 points, I mean, big deal. I check the box score afterwards, see what they do. I'm impressed. But it really doesn't matter once they get to training camp, you know, regular season, because I don't care who wins the summer league MVP. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't mean anything.
1: And for me, I, I kind of – I'm a fan of college basketball. I'm a fan of the NBA. So I kind of like just seeing that gap where these guys are in their training from from college to the next level. I like to watch the big names. I, I watch a lot of Trey Young, a lot of Jaron Jackson. I kind of – just to see where they are and what they're going to be in the NBA. And then I remember that game against Houston. I saw this guy just dominating us, house or whatever, and he signed to Golden State today, and he's probably going to get a ring. So it's, a, it's, house, just yeah. kind, of, it's kind of like random things like that that you just you kind yeah, of pick guess, up on and notice. It's just good for like an NBA nerd or a basketball nerd. Yeah, there. I guess
0: the best thing about it, it's not necessarily for, you know, that first-round draft pick. It's for, it's for those guys that are battling for a training camp spot or those undrafted guys that are trying to get noticed. So I guess – Watching and seeing those types of players and seeing how they perform and, you know, who can get an invite to training camp. Kind of just like we talked with Isaac Haas about him playing on the Jazz team. So you have that aspect as well. They're, those guys are going to play a lot harder than probably your Trey Youngs in summer league. But yeah,
2: that's interesting. So it sounds more so you're just basketball fans and wanting to see how different guys play versus what what's Alizé Johnson doing? What's Elijah Stewart doing? How's Coach Gansey handling being the head coach of the summer league team yeah that's what
3: it sounds like to me right well i'm right? yeah i'm a varsity i'm the head varsity coach at a high school down here in kokomo so like i'm literally always watching like just x's and o's out of bounds plays just stupid nerd stuff like that so i'm all in anytime i can get basketball in my sister so
2: are you guys all together as we record this or are you in like three different houses we're, we're in all born ready
1: studios right now it's just a spare room i put in my house <laughs> we just put some laser
3: stuff up and we call it a studio got some microphones and everything
2: now, did you guys take advantage of the the special since he got waived? There's as of like a week ago, there's about nine double XL Lance Stevenson city jerseys left. In case you were wondering,
1: well, we need to get some of those. For, we usually the best way to get Half followers fall. for us.
0: Yeah, the best way to give, get is just give just away is give stuff online.
1: So. so I think we're going to have to take take full advantage of that. <laughs> we gave away a Louis Scola a long sleeve shirt, and people went crazy for it. So, and it was it was warm. So I mean. People will go crazy for anything free. So it was a Warren 3XL a
0: XL and people <laughs> went nuts
2: for it. Speaking of a podcast, that's a guy I'd really like to have on. He would be fascinating, I think. Skola? He'd be really, I, I love – the foreign players in particular yeah. are, are just so thoughtful and, and, and open. Yeah. They don't hide behind anything. And so Skola was a go-to. Um, I just had Damo Rudez. He was my last podcast. Oh, so yeah. I wanted to know about Croatia yeah. and the World Cup. He was outstanding. It was What was funny about it was it was at 1 a.m. his time. He's like, yeah, catch me right before I go to bed. Wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, thanks again to Scott. We're going to kind of wrap it up here. Once again, go check out his website at vigilantsports.com. He's got his own Pacers podcast there. And actually, check him out at the IUPUI women's basketball games if you want to hear some play by play announcing. Yep. Absolutely. Scott, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We really uh, appreciated the talk today.
2: My pleasure. I look forward to maybe joining again just without the predictions. Not doing that one. You guys know
0: that. <laughs> You're invited onto the Born Ready to Pod podcast. is always open. Alright guys, that wraps up our interview with Scott Agnes. Uh, once again, the Pacers reporter and founder at VigilantSports.com. You can also catch him doing IUPUI women's basketball games. Guys, how do you think that interview went with Mr. Agnes? Mr. Agnes is amazing. Dude, that guy is cool. Um,
1: I like that he's a lover of pizza and frozen pizza specifically. And I was surprised he said
0: Jack's. I saw it more of like a tombstone. So hear me he out did mention tombstone morning. though. He mentioned he he tombstone. Didn't mention hear me out
1: on this. I kind of like my frozen The worse the frozen pizza is, the better the experience. Because there's just something about that frozen <laughs> pizza. You want it as like as the cardboard. as frozen pizza yeah. as you can get. You don't buy a frozen pizza to get the high price, you know, expensive pizza. You buy frozen pizza because it's cheap. Yeah. And you, you enjoy the taste of said frozen pizza. So I, I can't knock at Jack's. We've all ate Jack's. And I Absolutely. like Absolutely. But also what stood out is he, he seems like he's kind of close with Lance Stevenson. Yeah. So said he, he was texting like, him. Maybe, maybe
0: you know, we can get that connection yeah. when Lance comes on the Born Ready to Pod podcast himself. As long And we... Could have future employment through Vigilant. Yeah. <laughs> I think we sold
1: ourselves pretty well. So if we continue this relationship, there's no telling. We could get Lance Stevenson on the Born Ready podcast. Born uh, Ready on Born Ready.
3: That's obviously, you know, a best case scenario. Yeah. Um, but I, oh, Agnes was great. Um, I think the stuff with the ball boy. Uh, Absolutely, the, that
0: was interesting. Yeah, that, that was, was huge. That's I, what I I thought. Was, those, those were some of our best interview I thought I, I thought that we would just yeah. ask him about the ball boy, and then he'd kind of just answer. You know, favorite player was this, but he actually went in depth. Like the tips. Like I had no idea that ball boys got tips from players. Yeah. A, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. That was that was my point. Um, <laughs> thanks, Crick. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, that was my favorite part. Was the the stories of Shaq. Uh, I think you mentioned Dwight Howard Jameer specifically, Nelson. Jameer Nelson. He knew, like, knew Jamir Nelson. I
0: think got order.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah Chris, I think, I think it was he Satuna. did. He he knew he knew that order.
0: But
3: was that what you were going to say? Now? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding uh, But yeah, I thought I thought it was funny. And I, one thing I should have pushed it a little bit. Um, and then I was going to say, is it more fun to rebound for guys that make the shots or miss the shots?
0: Hmm.
3: You don't know have to saying? Because Shaq's not hitting too many 15 footers. <laughs> you know don't what know, I'm saying? I,
0: I went to a game before the Pacers played the Detroit Pistons. This was in the Ben Wallace era.
3: Oh, yeah, he was hitting. We were at the same game. he
0: was out of the three-point line, and you don't expect Ben Wallace to shoot. I mean, the guy can't make a free throw to save his life. And he's just out there draining three after three he looked like JJ reddick out there he, he could not it, miss
3: he's not over exaggerating literally it was like holy crap crap how does he not do this I' thought in going
0: into that I could go outside the three-point line and make more threes than him you're wrong absolutely not he went out there and he looked like just I mean he would if he could shoot like that and make game he'd fit in well today's gonna be if,
1: to me it'd be a guy that can make for sure because I'm not trying to move around a lot get sweaty before the game I'm trying to enjoy the game with not sweat. I'm trying to get a guy that switches everything and I'm just gonna give him a nice Crisp. We should have asked him, you know,
0: wiping up the sweat, you know, off the floor. Uh, do the ball boys have to do that? A humble beginnings. That's got to be like the lower tier ball boys. So that yeah. maybe is where he started it's off. Well, ball boys
3: and I, but to your point though, if they're missing a lot of shots and they know you're running around for the balls, mm-hmm. do they tip better?
0: I would <laughs> probably know. not. I would I'm think the guys that keep missing and make you work all that time, they're probably not making many shots. <laughs> they're probably the guys that are at the end of the bench yeah, that can't exactly. give you those big tips.
3: Everyone loves a big tip. And
1: one thing from listening to his podcast, Vigilant, in the past, he's just a great guy to interview, and he's a great interviewee. Absolutely. Also, you guys should definitely check him out. He gets just like he makes the trainer of the Pacers interesting and something to listen to. So his predictions, very talented. His predictions, yeah, his, his predictions.
0: predictions
3: yeah. I mean, all... He's Agnes Thomas.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get him on here for that segment, Agnes Thomas. That's hard to say. Try to say that three times fast.
3: Agnes Thomas, Agnes Thomas, Agnes Thomas. Yeah, it's hard. Agnes Thomas.
1: Try it. Agnes Thomas, Agnes Domus. Uh, Agnes, Agnes Thomas, Agnes Thomas, Agnes Thomas. <laughs> it didn't sound
0: good. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining. Uh, we got some good intel there. Pacers, Ball Boy, all that stuff. Papa John's as well. Pop is uh, he likes Papa John's bait. pizza, so there we, go. we got some clickbait there. But thanks a lot, Scott, for joining us. We hope to have you on again soon. That's gonna wrap up episode 10, the Jeff Foster episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you go on iTunes. Uh, you give us that five star follow us on Twitter. At Born Ready to Pod, The two is a number. Number two. Number so make sure you two. check us out, guys. Thanks a lot for listening.